happy 2021, friends. I'm Ashley Burkhart, host of When the Cleats Come Off, and I am honored to have you here for another awesome episode. So we are actually kicking off the new year with an interview that I just did with CJ Beatty. He calls himself the softball and baseball motivator, and you are about to understand why. So he's a former pro baseball player for the Cardinals and White Sox organizations, and he decided that his role was going to be teaching young athletes especially the things that he wished he would have known at a younger age. And he is inspiring and so motivational. He pumps me up so much. So in this conversation, you're going to find three ways you can help motivate your athlete. Let's say she's having trouble staying motivated, having the tools to help her motivate herself again and stay consistent with that motivation and that fire to pursue her dreams. This is what we talk about. We also talk about his favorite nuggets that he likes to plug in motivational wise. So he talks about some of those things that, you know, plugs where you can say this one little thing and she's actually going to remind herself of where she's headed and then motivate herself again. We also talk about how you can stay motivated when it gets tough. A lot of people, they stop pursuing their dreams when things get hard and maybe your athletes here right now. So being able to know exactly what she and you can do to stay motivated and to make sure even when it gets tough, knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel is super crucial. And CJ talks about that here. So if you guys love this conversation, I'd love if you follow and share your favorite parts with me at Ashley B training on social and also follow CJ at the very end. He gives you his plug. And also in the show notes, you can find where to follow him, but I know you guys are going to love CJ and this conversation. So without further ado, here is my conversation with CJ baby. Hey there, I'm Ashley Burkhart, owner of Ashley B Training, former D1 athlete and professional athlete in the game of softball. I even spent a little bit of time coaching at the college level as well, but now I coach athletes and especially youth athletes and I try to teach them the ways to become the very best versions of themselves and I know that they can't do that without a support system that will do anything and everything to make sure their dreams and their goals happen for them. A lot of times I hear parents and coaches saying hey I'm just going to dish my athlete off to you hopefully you can figure out what her issue is. Here's the deal not how we should coach. That's not how we should parent. And I can tell you right now, I'm not a parent, but your athlete is the most influenced by you. And I truly believe that you are one of the reasons why she plays the game. And I truly believe you are one of the reasons why she plays so hard. So if we can learn from some of the greats, I'm going to have some of the best softball players, some of the best softball players, parents, even my parents and my family are going to be on this podcast sharing our journeys with you so that when the cleats do come off, you know what to say so that she can learn from her mistakes so that sooner, she can become the so best version of her. Become the best version of her. And that's what we want. We want our athletes to be able to thrive. And that's why we're here. So welcome to this podcast. This is going to get real. This is going to get deep. And I'm here to challenge your thinking. That's why I coach. I'm really excited for you to be here. And I can't wait to hear who else is going to be along this journey with us. Learning from some of the best. I'm going to be learning too. So whip out your notebook and let's head to the next episode. 
everyone. Welcome to another week of When the Cleats Come Off. I'm so pumped to have CJ Beatty in the room. He is the GOAT, the softball motivator, the baseball motivator. Man, you pump me up so much that I'm just so excited for people to tune into this convo. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank, thank you for that intro. I mean, I, I was not expecting that. I mean, Oh, come you know, on. You did. You, you, listen, you're, you, you're definitely one of the most important people in the softball community in my eyes. And, and when you get somebody to, to say those type of words that has clout like you, it's like, oh, shoot. Hey, ma, ma, I made it. Mama, I made it. I got Ashley talking about me like this. So thank you so much. It's an honor to be on your podcast. Oh, this is going to be fun. So we've done a lot of live interviews together. Uh-huh. And so some people might have an idea of who you are and our relationship, but some people might not. So mm-hmm. can you start us off with just your background into becoming the softball, baseball motivator? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, um, I'm from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And, uh, of course started playing baseball at the tender age of five, best little leaguer on the planet back when I was <laughs> five. And look, I was ranked before rankings even came out. I was ranked, you know what I'm saying? And that was only because I could run the right way. That was it. You know, mm. usually little leaguers, if you, if you want to separate yourself, just learn how to run the bases correctly and you'll always get an inside the parker. Always. Love it. But, um, but other than that, man, I just continued to play baseball all the way up, uh, through high school, got a lot of, a lot of attention. My parents stayed on me to work hard, work harder than my, than my, um, just work harder than everybody. If you want more, you got to do more. That was something that was like burned into my brain when I was a child. Um, and I believed it. I, I mean, I, I started to see the more I did at practice and at home, the more I was going to get out on the field. So I became addicted to practice because I was like, oh, shoot, I got to keep practicing hard because it feels so good to drop a bomb in the game. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. that feels great. But that attracted, you know, over 65 letters to come to my mailbox to go to any pretty much any baseball school in the country. And I chose North Carolina a on a full scholarship in Greensboro. They were D1. And I said, my parents ain't got to pay a, a penny. So I said, I'm going there. You know, I, I got brothers and sisters after me. I want to help out the fam. Stayed there for three years. The St. Louis Cardinals drafted me in the 2009 draft. I was able to play six years professionally. And uh, when I retired from playing, I became a pro scout with the St. Louis Cardinals and also an assistant hitting coach in the minor league organization. So the baseball motivator and the softball motivator brands, when I got when I, towards the tail end of my career, I was like, yo, I said the same thing that a lot of athletes say. If I knew what I knew now, back then, shoot, I've been one hell of a player. Then I had this aha moment and I was like, everybody's on Instagram. All the kids are on Instagram. I'm already speaking in elementary schools as a motivational speaker, speaking in schools, doing the things for the youth. I need to create a brand that's going to connect the dots between player and mental toughness because that's what I lacked as a player. Like I lacked that as a player. I had all the, you know, I want a bigger, stronger, faster. I want to throw the ball harder. I want to hit the ball farther. I want to outrun everybody. You know, I didn't, I knew the physical grind, but I didn't know the mental grind. So I said, I want to dedicate my social media page. I'm a, I took my personal page and just turned it into the baseball motivator brand. 2018 came around and I started to get a bunch of softball organizations were like, yo, you did this for the baseball team. We want you to come do this for the softball team. And at first I was like, ah, well, I didn't play softball at first. 
But then again, I went out there and shout out to the first organization that really put me on the map. And that was Glory Fast Pitch up in Arlington area. I mm-hmm. love them. Susie, Susie Sizzle. She knows who she is if she hears this. But the Glory Fast Pitch, I went up there and knocked it out the park. Those girls were unbelievable. The families were very receptive. And then it was just like riding a horse. You couldn't tell that it was a baseball softball. You couldn't yeah. tell. You know, it was just like I was talking motivation. I was talking mental toughness. I was talking preparation. I was talking approaches. I was talking what you should do before the games, visualization, you know, all of these things. And I was like, oh, shoot. You know what? I just became uh, the softball motivator. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I immediately went to my team and I got an, uh, another logo designed. In 2018, I launched the softball motivator brand and has not looked back. Partnered with a lot of uh, softball brands on social media. Uh, partnered with the Softball Factory USA. I mean, it's just a lot of different things um, that that I've been able to do in the softball community, and it's continuing to grow. And I'm going to go ahead and drop it right here because I feel like it's great. Um, get ready to work on Softball Feel Good Music Volume 1. That oh, is okay. it. Yeah. Yeah, I got to I gotta get some music out there for my sisters. You know what I'm saying? So that's definitely going. But without further ado... I sh- it's your boy, CJ Vader, the softball motivator. Oh, that's so fun. I didn't even know half the things that went into that development. So <laughs> it was enlightening for me. And there's so many things I want to unpack from that story because, you know, it's fun to be able to see someone build a brand based mm-hmm. on a need that they wish they would have had. Mm. And that's, that's what it. I'm studying entrepreneurs left and right um, as one. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's it's interesting to see, you know, the people's why behind the brand is probably the most powerful thing. It is. And I know yeah. you are huge on the why. Yeah. So is, is that it? Is that what made you decide this was it? Was the fact that, hey, I didn't get this stuff. So I'm just going to try to build something around that and see where it takes me. Yeah, man, it, it, it is. It is. It's part of my why. You know, it's a part of my why. I became a motivational speaker because I feel, I mean, genuinely, and I stand strong on this. You're not living. I don't care what size bank account you have. I don't care what you're doing in life until you're purposely building other people. I mean, that's it. Service to many leads to greatness. Those sayings like that doesn't say service to yourself leads to greatness. No. Like the great people in life are the ones that can impact people in a way that whenever they physically leave this earth, their legacy is here running these streets. So when I looked at that, I said, man, it's selfish of me. And it's crazy how I have to break this down, but I want people to understand this. My ultimate goal of being making it to the major leagues and everything like that, that was, I mean, yeah, it was selfish. That was me wanting it for myself so I can do for others. But that was my thing. When I became a motivational speaker, I saw that it was bigger than me. Mm. I, I, when I got on them stages, when I got on those podcasts, when I get in those auditoriums, when I walk into corporate companies and I'm pouring and I'm restoring faith and creating faith, giving people hope. Like when that happens, it's a part of me. It's a, it's a feeling. It's, it's energy that you that I felt nowhere else because it's purpose driven. You know, before it was like, man, I got to get to the league. I got to do this. I got to be able to, I got to, I got to take care of the people in this circle. But when you become a motivational speaker, it's like you go hunting people because you want to help the world. So once I got a taste of that, I became addicted to that taste. And now I'm addicted to helping people. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So if you want to live a purposeful life, you must seek the masses, seek helping people, no matter the best way you can. It doesn't have to be money. 
It could just be taking somebody somewhere, get picking up the phone, making a phone call and say, I'm just thinking of you. But if you focus and live your life that way, you'll be able to smile more often than any. Mm, so deep. Jeez, I love it. <laughs> so you mentioned that you, when you finished playing, you started realizing all these things that, you know, if you would have known that playing, you would have been like, even more lights out than you already were. Uh -huh. So can you give us a few of those things that you discovered maybe after you played that you were like, man, I wish I would have had that. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. So I, like when I got drafted, I was still thinking I was like the big fish. So I was like, Oh shoot. You know, I'm, I'm the, I'm that guy, you know, I'm Hollywood baby. You know what I'm saying? I know everything. But then when you get drafted and you're starting to play with your, your equals, it's like, Oh shoot, they're fast too. Oh shoot. He can throw it. Oh shoot. Dang. He's fast. I noticed something. The separator was between the ears. You know, I was just as strong as the people, but they had it here. They could make adjustments. They had a routine. I didn't know what a routine was. My routine was whatever the coach told me to do. I didn't have a physical routine for myself. And by the time, and I didn't understand mental toughness. And this is, this is key. I didn't understand mental toughness until I was 23. Like I heard about it, but I didn't understand it to the point where I could explain it until I was 23 years of age. So I find myself saying, if I, when, I, when I was 23 and I said, oh my God, I just found out like the holy grail to mental. Man, if I would have known what I knew now, back then, if I would have knew about routines, approaches, uh, adjustments, being able to study the picture, being able to take notes, having a journal, doing all these little things like that, if I would have known that back when I was, you know, 13, where would I be mentally at 23? Would I even be in this position that I'm at? You know, so that's when I said, you know what? I got to start getting this information out to these players as soon as possible, out to these athletes as soon as possible. I got to get this to, I mean, I look at corporate America like that's a sport within itself. So oh. therefore I said, I got to get this to everybody. Yeah. You probably find people knocking on your door like, hey, I'm not an athlete, but like this helps me. <laughs> oh man, all the time. The, the, the cutest thing is when the parents come into my speakings, they'll come in there with their, you know, we're here. I'm here for Susie. Susie needs this. Uh, I'm here for Amy. You know, I'm Amy's father. But at the end of it, they went from at the beginning, arms crossed and folded to sitting up looking like this to at the end when I'm signing autographs, they come up to me. Hey, I needed that. I appreciate wow. it. I'm glad I came. And, and, and I know that because motivation is for everybody. I don't care what instrument, tool, person, race, background, gender, whatever it is. Motivation is for all sizes. Yeah. I'm curious. What motivates you? What's your motivator? My, my, my biggest motivator is my, is my family. It really is. I mean, my, I mean, it's something that people say, but I can explain it like this. The reason why it's my family is because I saw the sacrifices that had to be made for me to get to where I'm at. Yeah. I saw my dad pick up shifts. I saw my mom, whenever she got laid off for, for her job, I saw her continue to pick up and continue to push forward with her attitude. And so I made that a part of my direction you know, by saying, I want to be able to not do it for myself, but most importantly, I want to be able to give back to my family, you know? So my why is, is centered around my family. You know, those times where you feel like giving up, you got to have a why. Those times where I didn't want to do an extra rep in the weight room, where I just didn't feel like getting up to go work out. Mm, you think about that why, you think about your dad, you think about your mom, you think about your brother, sister, or heck, 
every now and again with these with the with the players when I go to my softball clinics, I say, hey, if you're blessed to have children of your own one day, I'm talking to 12, 13 year olds and I'm selling them. If you're blessed to have children of your own one day, what will they say about you? What kind of questions will they ask you? Hey, mom, what happened when you were 12 or 13? What what kind of decisions were you making? And that really puts them, the players into perspective, like, oh, shoot, I never really looked at it that way. And then they're like, yeah, life is real. So that's mm-hmm. the type of that's the type of motivation I do at, at, at my workshops is just really getting getting my little sisters. And I call everybody a part of my TSM fam, my little sisters, but get my sisters involved with starting that process of the mental and understanding that life is real out here on and off the field. Yeah, for sure. And, and what's awesome is the fact that so this people listening are mostly parents and coaches right now. Mm-hmm. And I think what's the most exciting is, yes, I felt the same way. I've spoken to athletes and then had parents come up to me afterwards and say, wait, I didn't know that. And yeah. I, I didn't know how much I was actually an influence for mm-hmm. how my daughter thinks and how mm-hmm. she acts and how she does things. And the way your parents and the way the parents live their life, yep. it's likely how your athlete's going to see what to look forward to, look what to look up to. So man, that like if that's a gem that only one person takes away from today, I hope I hope somebody takes away from that and says, "Whoa." And really I, well, takes Let me let, let me add let me add to that. Let me add to that. Parents need to understand that you cannot stop the dreaming factory. Yeah. The dreaming factory that you've had since you were a kid, you cannot stop it. And if you stopped it, you need to go upstairs, turn the lights back on and turn all the machines back on. You need to start that factory. You know, I understand. I get it. I I understand that maybe one day, father, you wanted to be in the NFL and, you know, you're a little over the hill for the NFL right now, to say the least. I get it. But that doesn't mean stop and shut down the factory. You need to pivot to another dream. Because the reason why that's important and it's imperative and it's vital is because those sponges that we call your kids are watching you, whether they tell you or not. So if you're continuing to dream for something, like something, it doesn't have to be the NFL, but it could be dreaming for a better job. It could be dreaming to move or relocate your family. It could be showing them that house you want to be able to get to once you get that raise. Like, like understanding that is vital because when they can see that in you, when you're long and gone from this earth, your daughter will be able to say this about you. I am not quitting because my father never did. He Mm. dreamed until his last breath. She dreamed. My mother was a fighter. And every time that the door closed in her face, she continued to fight. She was a dreamer. And so am I. You got to continue that factory. If you can't even continue it for yourself, just find something that drives you and share it with your kids. So therefore, they can understand that you are goal-oriented. You're go, you're driven for something, and that's going to leak over into their lives. Mm, that's a beautiful way to say that. That reminds me of there. There was an athlete who said that her mom, whenever she was doing, I think it was like gymnastics. There was a gym next to her gymnastics, and and every time she dropped her daughter off, she'd go to the gym and work on herself. Mm. And I loved hearing that because I'm like that's showing that you are willing to work for whatever your goal is too. And she can not physically see you work out, but know that you're going to work out while she's working out. So it's almost like a team effort. It It seems like. 
It is no, it, I mean, it very much is. And then and, and the last thing that I'll say to that is as as adults, when you're working like in corporate America and things like that, you were quick to say these type things. I wish that uh she would give the same your to your about your boss. I wish that she would give the same uh the same energy towards her work as she gives my work because she's always up my butt, always about this. I need to, I need to. I need to make sure you meet the quotas. I need to make sure you do this. I need to. Well, here's the thing. We got, we got to do the same thing for our kids and for your players. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like they're on you because they want productivity. We should not settle because one kid's got out the house. So now you're going to take it easier on other kids because we can get started on that too, Ashley. That's mm. another thing. But, but at the end of the day, we got to understand parents is your responsibility to make sure you keep the dream factory flowing. It's your responsibility to be their parent first and, 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 and friend second, not, not vice versa. Mm. Because if you don't, you're setting them up for failure for life. Life is waiting for you to leave because you're their security net. And as soon as you leave, you're going to be setting them up for failure. Okay. I'm not telling you to throw them in the oven and make them experience the whole heat of the oven. But you need to open up the door so they can understand that that oven's hot. Stop mm-hmm. keeping them away from the fire. So then when you leave, they're like, oh, what does this do? And now they're just burnt to a crisp because they never was able to understand that fire burns. It's yeah. very, very important. Yeah. Let them make mistakes. Right? Have to. And especially while you're here, while, yeah. while you're around, while you're available. Let them fall so you can be there to pick them up. Right. Right. Mm. Mm. And that's probably why you love, it's, it's a beauty of our sports, baseball and softball. Like we fail so much. Yes. Yes. And if we, if we try to not let our athletes fail, what are we doing to them? Yeah. We're set creating it, yeah, people who can't set, handle set it. For failure. Yeah, man. Oh, I love that. Some tough love. That's like good. That's so good. Drop yes. the mic. Okay. So <laughs> Those of you on the podcast can't see this, but all of you on YouTube are probably going to be like watching us drop our mics on the screen. (laughs) I love that. Okay. So I know parents probably have this question. Mm -hmm. It's okay. It's great. Like I want my athlete to feel motivated, but she's not, or he's not working on herself on her own. How would you ask parents to help their athlete realize what their goals are and how they can help them become more motivated to make them happen on their own. I, I have I have uh, three things that I like to say about that. The the, the first thing the first thing um, is called focused conversations. Like literally, have focused, targeted conversations. Right? Don't just talk about what you need when it's relevant to talk about. Like no, like goal conversations should be a, a lifestyle. Change it up. Mm. You know, if you want to motivate your kid, like, like, for example, if your kid came to spend a weekend with me, if 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 Stacy came to a retreat, a TSM retreat, she's going to be overwhelmed with positivity, overwhelmed with goals, overwhelmed with are you did you have your plan of attack ready? If she's going to go back, she's just going to think about, oh, my gosh, my brain is like so heavy right now. And when you open up that brain and see what's inside, it's all of these types. That's all we talked about. But whatever you hang around is what you become. So you must 
you, you must create an environment in home, at, in the car, that's conducive for positivity, that's mm -hmm. conducive for you can, that's, okay, we missed the mark this time, but how are we going to set the course of action to hit it next time? When is the next time? You have three weeks until that tournament, so let's make sure we get the cardio started this Monday. Like, these conversations is what's going to kickstart them to say, you know what? I missed it, but let's do it. Because I remember two years ago when I missed the mark, me and my mom sat at the table and we created a, a plan of attack. There we go. There we have it. Focused conversations that are geared towards molding the brain to feel like it's a lifestyle and not just talking to them whenever something happens and goes wrong. Because everybody right. does that. Right. Everybody often, does that. How often should they do those then? Enough to, enough, they, you should have enough focused conversations that, You'll do it so much that you will never have to plan to do it. It becomes you. Mm. Like, I don't have focused conversations, like, scheduled in my phone. Like, oh, shoot, I need to have a focused conversation with my wife right now. No, it just becomes a part of your lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? So at first, yeah. yes, it might, it might be something that you send an alarm for. Say, we're going to talk about it at dinner and try to think of conversations that you could talk about at dinner. But I guarantee you, if you do that more often, It'll slowly start. You won't have to make reminders about it. It will become your family. It will become the lifestyle that you guys live. Yeah. And the goal would be to have the athlete then ask for the conversation. Yep. And th that, that'll be the goal. It's like, hey, what do you, what happened today? It's like, oh, let me tell you about this. So, you know, they'll start to kick off things. They'll be more motivated. They'll be more uh, inclined to bring conversations about what's, what college that they want to go to and, and, um, wanting to make varsity and things like that because you've you started that back in middle school for them you know mm -hmm. just because it's not what it is doesn't mean that's what is what it has to be because and what i mean by that is people look at it like well my kids you know she's a sophomore and she's kind of late in the game it's no this is this is bigger than softball this fo this focused conversation is life-changing it's like you need to start this ASAP, focused conversations that are targeted and geared around goal setting, dreams, setting a plan, uh, a plan of attack. You know, what's your backup plan? Let's let me just talk about it, you know? Hey, all swooping in here real quick to tell you something I am super passionate about. It's an Always Grind Hitter's Notebook. So Always Grind 365 is a company that I've partnered with. And because of the partnership, any of their products, you can use my code Ashley B at checkout to get 10% off. But I want to tell you about this Hitter's Notebook that I have. So I've given this out to every single in-person lesson that I've worked with and every single member of my Smash Tribe. Also, if you want to join Smash Tribe or see what that's all about, head to www.ashleybtraining.com. But if not, and you just want your hands on this epic notebook, I want to tell you why it's going to change the game for your athlete. So at the very top, you write the date. And I think that's one of the most important things that an athlete can write down, especially if she's journaling about her experiences as a hitter, because she'll be able to see her notes from a year from now and say, wow, I've made tremendous progress. And from the beginning of this notebook to the end, your athlete's gonna be able to be like, whoa, look at all this stuff we've worked on. Look at all this stuff I've learned. Look how much better I've gotten. And that's the whole goal and purpose of 
tracking your progress. So this notebook does a great job of that. And it starts with the date at the very top. Then it goes into your focus of the day, which I believe is so important as a hitter, because if you're just going into KGMPP sessions, just hitting, there's no intention behind it. There's no focus. So if you need to get better at the inside pitch, that's gonna be your focus of the day. And then from there, you write down drills, any video analysis that you've done. And my personal favorite is on the backside, you're writing down what you did well that day, what you need to improve, and any notes from the day. So light bulb moments that went on, any great uh, tips that you've gotten from your hitting coach or wherever you were, that's the section where you do that. So this notebook can be found at www.alwaysgrind.com. And if you want 10% off this notebook, write Ashley B at checkout and you'll be able to get 10% off and your athlete's going to be able to take more ownership of her game. So get your hands on this. She is going to be able to see and track her progress when you use it. It is going to help your athlete become the very best hitter she possibly can. So lastly, alwaysgrind365.com is where you'll go to see that. I'll make sure it's in the show notes and use my code AshleyB for a 10% discount. All right, guys, let's get back to the show. The other thing that I wanted to talk about is the, is really, really being able to put them in that environment that inspires them to dream. Mm. One of the things that I, I was in uh, network marketing for a little bit I am so thankful for that industry, not necessarily for the product that we were pushing, but but the the structure that network marketing MLM gave me when it came to self-help and personal development. They told me one of my mentors in that in that organization told me, I want you to do yourself a favor one day and I want you to go test drive a car that you would love to have. And I was mm. like, I can't afford it, man. I don't I don't even need to walk up there. I feel so out of place just being in the <laughs> parking lot. You know, like, no, I, I mean, eventually I'll get there. He said, no, 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 you don't understand. You need to go test drive the car, right? And what that experience will do to you at the end of it is priceless and could change your life. And I trusted him and I did it. And at that particular time, I was fresh out of college and I went to the Mercedes-Benz dealership. And I test drive. Good choice. Uh, Good choice. Of course, right? MB <laughs> uh, went to the Mercedes Benz dealership and I test drove a S63 AMG. And it has so much horsepower and everything. Dude. I was like, oh my God. I mean, I was smiling like a Chester cat. <laughs> just like, the whole way, I'm just like, I can see this. I can oh totally, my gosh, I can this totally see this. I should have been videotaping. This could have been good. <laughs> but But after that, that experience, it took me, it took my belief level to a level, to a level I thought I could never get to. I thought I was already believing, but once I got out of that, it changed. I, I was so much, I was hungrier. I wanted it that much. I was there and it was just, I was able to experience it. And it just made me that much uh, more dedicated to my craft. So going back to the question, I think parents, if you have an opportunity to get your kids in the car for a weekend and take them to a college campus of their yes. choice, like take them, they might think it's lame. They might be like, I want to go. I mean, I got years to go. Take them. Tell them that it's, it's a great experience. You know, on the way, we'll make a little mini road trip of it. Whatever it is that you got to say, you know, your kids, whatever you got to say to get them out the house, but get them there on their first unofficial, unofficial, unofficial visit. 
and let them walk the campus. Yeah. Call ahead, email the coach and just say, hey, do you mind if we walk around the stadium? Do you mind if we can go inside the locker room? Because those are the things that help kickstart the dreaming mechanism. Right. Say, you know what? I want to go here. When you yeah. see your kids and their smile and say, ooh, I feel this feels like home. I want this. Or I didn't like that school, but I really love that school. Now they're starting to pick and, and compare and contrast, but all because you took the, the initial step of getting them in that dreaming environment that's conducive for dreaming. Oh my I gosh. Think, I think that that's yes. huge. Yes. And, and I have to mention this too. It's a lot of times I'll ask athletes, hey, did you watch Athletes Unlimited? You know, the professional softball that was on TV on mm -hmm. ESPN too. And some of them were like, yes, I loved it. You know, that pitcher, I have dreams to throw a rise ball like that, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, even just watching the game, it can, it can inspire that spark of, um, you know, I, I was a pitcher for a second. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're going to laugh so hard right now, but I, I grew up watching, uh, Monica Abbott and Kat uh -huh. Osterman and it, and when I first started, I was like, dad, can I throw like Monica today? And I would like do her and she, she had a, like a wild motion at Tennessee. Oh, yeah. And oh, I would yeah. like, I would do it. And I loved it. She's also very tall like B. So like uh. I was able to use my <laughs> limbs kind of the way that she did, but I just had so much fun with it. And I'm like, mm -hmm. let's see what works. And it, and it came from just simply watching. Mm -hmm. And what I've noticed is those athletes that are like, oh no, like I, I didn't know softball was on TV even like college softball, which is on TV all the time, mm -hmm. they're actually, what I've noticed, are the most unmotivated athletes mm -hmm. because they haven't seen the next level. They haven't seen it with their eyeballs. Therefore, what, yeah. what kind of dream are they going to have? Obviously, they're not going to be motivated because they haven't seen you know, their future self in another player. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, I think one of the first episodes I ever put on this podcast was why having a role model is so important. Mm -hmm. Why, why having somebody to look up to in this game is so important. It's just like you're saying, you kind of have to like drive in the Mercedes and see what it's like in order to realize what you want. Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm, that was so good. Okay. Now I'm anxious for number three. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, number three, number three kind of, kind of goes into what I was saying. Number one, but I said, establish that weekly plan. Really every Sunday as a family, you need to sit down at the kitchen table, pick a day, whether it starts on Sunday on Monday night, I prefer Sundays because that is kind of the end of the weekend, moving into the week, and sit down and have a plan for the week. You know, sit down with your with your little athlete and say, hey, you know, what do we want to get accomplished this week? Is it the backhand that we're working on? Are we trying to shit about five pounds? Are we trying to get a little quicker? Are we just going to work on that pitching? Are we going to still work on that rise ball? I mean, what, what are we doing? I, hey, your slapping's coming around pretty good, but we need to continue to work on it. You know, um, if, if you want to be able to get the get to that to that Natasha Watley status, you're going to have yes. to work. You know what I'm saying? So. Yes. But but. Establishing a weekly plan, a person. And this is why I said that that is 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 uh, one of my three because of this saying right here. A person with no plan has planned to fail. Mm. I mean, seriously, a person with no plan has planned to fail. So as a family, if y'all don't have a time set to where you guys are talking a, a plan, a weekly plan, a biweekly plan, a monthly plan, right? If you're not talking about it, then what are we doing? As parents, what are we doing? I know you're trying to put your best foot forward, but this is free. This is free. This doesn't cost to sit down at the table and say, hey, give me, 
give me about 15 minutes of your time right now, honey. And let's sit down at this table and let's, let's map out what you're going to do this week. Now, mm. here's the thing that I want to be real about. I understand. I know my sisters can be some divas at times and <laughs> they can, they can, I, look, I, I understand. I talk to my sisters just like they, my sisters. Mm-hmm. I literally, I talk like I'm big bro to my TSN family members. Yeah. So, so at the end of the day, I tell them, I'm like, listen, when your parents come at you, they're not trained talkers like me. You know, they're not motivators like me. So when they come to you with suggestions or ideas, it's coming from a great place. And it's time for you to grow up and understand that. Because sooner or later, the tables will turn and you'll be sitting on the other side of that saying, I don't want my child to mess up like I did. So therefore, I want to sit down with her and have a weekly discussion to make sure she has goals. So now that the tables are not quite there, respect your parents enough that they're trying to position you to be the best person that you can be. Yeah. So you know absolutely. And and I think maybe some parents here are thinking this, well, how can I, what type of questions should I ask, mm-hmm. you know, in those conversations? I mean, you did, you did mention a few like, Hey, what's our goal for the week? I think that's important, but are there any other questions that parents can almost like have as a blueprint to be like, okay, even though my athlete doesn't love to have conversations, yeah. maybe these are some that can kind of spark that interest. You know, I, I, I would, um, I would encourage them. Well, well, first as a scout, let's, let's start from there. Uh, the, the first thing that you got to understand that scouts are looking for, they're looking for impact players and they're looking for impact players. If I'm coming to, to scout, um, Stacy Jefferson, right. I'm going to her high school to scout Stacy. The first thing that I'm gonna look for is a complete player. I want to see how she warms up. I want to see how well she interacts with her players before the game. I'm, I'm, I want to, I'm watching all this pre-game warm-up routine. Like, does she take warm-up serious? Is she throwing it, hitting the other person in their chest every time? Is she just lollygagging? Is she just more focused on cutting up and not ready for the game? That's one. The next thing that, like, when I'm watching, I want to be able to see how she handles the in-bats. Is she making adjustments? Is she um, hitting the situation that's needed? Is it second and is the runner on second less than less than two outs? Is she hitting behind the runner? Like, is, is she moving the runners around? Is she handy with the bat? Like when she decides to swing, is she swinging in or out of the zone? You know, it's a lot of things that we look for as scouts to be able to say, like, this is a player I need to invest in. So have that conversation. Well, first, you know what? Let me back up a little bit. Parents, we need to get that education. But you ain't going to get an education if you don't look for it. Mm. I mean, you're not going to get anything that you don't look for. Because a lot of parents say, well, I didn't play at the highest level. What do I know? Well, you know, have you heard this thing called Google? Huh? Have you heard it's of Ashley? Have you heard of <laughs> C.J. Beatty? Well, you know, there's a lot of free game out here. Free 99. Mm. That, that we're just giving away. Start to study it. I know you went to school, some sort of school. You had to take notes at one point in your life. Get on these podcasts. Take notes. Get this information. Know this information. So then I guarantee you it's inevitable. The more you feed your brain, you'll know what questions to ask your daughter. Man, I love that we're doing this interview now because it's going to be airing and it's going to be airing in 2021. So basically yeah. the beginning of 2021. 
and I think a new leaf. Right. And that's a time of the year where people are inspired. They are motivated, but what do they do? Like come March, April, May, when, you know, all of that spark and excitement has weared off. What do they do? But that's why, but that's why you have to have the routine in place. Yeah. The routine is what keeps you the course. The routine is what are the routine, your routine, your daily routine, whether it's mental or physical, is what's going to keep you in line with your dreams and goals. Mm. It is. So your routine is like, I don't even, you know, I'm less motivated, but your routine says on Monday you're running. Mm-hmm. I'm less motivated, but I'm sticking to that. I'm sticking to my routine. Yeah. And you how know, many times? Like you gotta have, yeah. You got to have that schedule in place. That's going to help. And you know, by staying the schedule, by staying the course, you know, I can put in my GPS that I'm driving to California. I'm so motivated coming from North Carolina. I'm so motivated. I'm like, oh my gosh, I know it's a long trip, but I can't wait to go to California. Okay. I just get out of North Carolina and I'm like, yo, I'm not motivated anymore. Mm. So since I'm not motivated anymore, I'm just going to get off track. No, because I'm not going to end up at my destination. Right. It might not be the sexiest drive at nighttime, but I know where I'm going right. and I must stay the course if I want to get to my destination. Yeah. So you know, like it's, if- not, it's not always going to be a straight path. I got to go through the mountains. I got to go up. It's going to be raining. It's going to be this wind, all traffic. A lot of stuff along the way is going to uh, possibly make me unmotivated. But you know what? My why keeps me going. My destination. That's so good. So I, I have a vision board. I think that mm. might be cheesy, but, and, and I'm not at my actual normal place, but behind me on my, in my house are a bunch of post-it notes mm-hmm. of the future that I want to have for myself. Mm-hmm. And I think just having those visible can do a lot. Like, do you have like a vision board that you're referring to when you're not feeling motivated? And then as soon as you look at it or have these things or ideas that make you, you know, become more motivated. My mentor told me a vision board is a great first step. Yeah. But the next best step is the vision environment. Mm. Like and the I one you were describing. Because, because I, because I grew up like you, I grew up like you. I had a vision board. Yeah. But they said, it's, it's great. That's the introductory level. Mm. You need to get a vision environment. I said, well, what's the vision environment? He said, everywhere that you lay eyes on, like every room you're in, you should have something that motivates you. Hence in my office right here. That's why you see this. Tiger. Do you know I, that's my favorite animal? Did I ever tell you that? Gosh, man. So when I saw that, I said, oh, I got to buy it. That motivates me. That stimulates this. Mm. When I see that tiger and it's huge, what you see behind me doesn't do it any justice in person. It's huge, right? But I love it because when I see it, I said, that's me. He's locked in on whatever, whether it's his next meal or whether it's whether to protect its own. He's locked in on it. And I said, that's me. I'm locked in. So I created a vision environment. There's things in my room. Like I have, Brianna has her, uh, my wife has her jersey on the wall right there. The charge jersey? No, uh, she has her um, uh, UL, UL jersey. ULL. Yeah. And, uh, People don't know that we were teammates. I, I know, right? In the pro league. I know. I had to, t- I totally had to bring that up. I had, uh, so cool. I mean, it's just so many other motivational accomplishments that are around me in this room to let me know that when I'm in tough times that I can do it. Yeah. You know, like in, in, um, in my car, there's times where I have like a saying that I want to learn and I'll write it on a sticky note and I'll put it on my glove compartment in my truck. And they're like, dude, why you got sticky notes on your, and what is, what is this? It's so tacky. Well, it's not to be, it's not for you to make it look good. It's for me up here. It's for me. Yeah. It's for me. 
So it's like creating a vision environment. Like everywhere you spend the most time, you're supposed to have something, bathroom, wall, the ceiling above your bed. Because when you wake up, the first thing you look at is the ceiling mm-hmm. while you're laying in bed. So it's like having things up there. I've got people, I got some of my family members that have my sayings on a poster board wow. that moms have put on their ceiling. So when they're laying in bed, they know what they're thinking about before they go to bed and they know what they're going to wake up to start their day with. That's awesome. You know, That's so awesome. I, I would encourage people to create a vision environment wherever they go. Yeah. So I want to be conscious of your time here. And I have a couple of final questions that I want to ask. But before I do that, I want to make sure people know how to follow you because I know so many people are going to be so inspired and motivated themselves to continue learning from you. So where can people find you and what are you up to? I, I would say the best place to follow me is going to be Instagram. That's where I am heavy. I'm also on Facebook too, but you can follow me on Instagram at, at cjbaity 44 there's a couple other, I found this out. Actually, there's like two or three other pages out there now. But Copying it's, you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, if you're copying me, you're hopefully motivating somebody. Exactly. So I, you know, so I don't really get too upset about it. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as they don't say nothing crazy. Imitation but, is the sincerest form, or form of flattery or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But CJ Beatty 44 has the blue check mark to show that I'm verified. Twitter, CJBaity44. And if you want to learn more about who I am, just go to CJBaity.com. Yeah. And go listen to the new softball music coming out. Yeah, that that's I can't wait to work on that. I've, it's been overdue. I got five volumes out of baseball feel-good music, but I said I got to get me some softball feel-good music out there for my Yeah, sister. yeah. And I'm sure Bree can, can give you all the things, but if you need some help, Oh, oh yeah. Hey, but look, hey, I might need to make hey put you on a verse, Ash. Oh, I don't know about that. I just meant like <laughs> ideas of what to sing about. I, t- I gotta I gotta I gotta put you, I gotta put you uh, you know what I'm saying? Give you you can give me eight bars, can't you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is so funny. All right, let's get into these final questions because you gotta right. run here soon. Okay, first question. These I'm gonna ask you five. First question is what is your favorite part about the game itself? And you can choose baseball or softball, whichever. No, I mean, about the game, when I say the game, I'm saying baseball and softball uh, yeah. included. I would say, I would say the grind. Mm. The grind is my favorite part. I mean, people don't understand that the great ones absolutely love practice. And I'm not saying that I was great, but I played at a high level. And the only reason I played at a high level was because I was so infatuated with practice. Mm-hmm. Like, like going to practice for me, like when I was in the off season, I got my, my speaker. <laughs> I had a cooler with Gatorades in it. Like I, I was there prepared to spend hours. You would have thought that I was prepared to go to the beach. <laughs> I mean, for real, I had a cooler. I had a speaker playing. I had, you know, matching outfit just in case I want to take some some workout uh, 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 content pics and stuff. The post say, check me out. I'm working out. Like, I literally prepared for practice the next day as if I was going to a party or something. I love that. Because I knew how important that was. And, mm-hmm. But that came because the game taught me how to grind. Mm-hmm. You know, you're playing arguably the toughest sport on the face of the earth, that being baseball or softball where it's so much failure involved, you can freaking smash the softball four times and go 0 for 4. 
And then your friends can't touch the ball, but they run into it twice. And they go two for two. And you're like, mm -hmm. whoa, she's swinging the bat terribly. And she two for two. What is that? But it's the grind. It's so it's, it's the life lessons that that come from the sport that you learn as you get older that says, I learned how to communicate with people because of softball. I got this job because of softball, because back in the day I was timid and I never wanted to talk to people, but softball helped me become a team player. And now I'm using the same concepts in corporate America. I am so fat. That's what it is. The grind. Love that. What was the greatest lesson your parents taught you? To help others. I mean, to really help others. And that's probably why I became a motivational speaker. They were just like, you know, at a young age, I didn't understand it, but they were like, hey, we get ready to go pick up your cousin so he can go out there to practice with you. I'm like, why? I don't, wanna, I don't want my little cousin to come out there. He's going to get in the way. But they taught me, he said, he needs to get better too. And he looks up to you. So they taught me that at a young age. And, and I eventually got out of that habit. I was like, yeah, go pick him up because I started to encourage him. Mm -hmm. I started to teach him. And then that's what kickstarted me saying uh, to other people. I learned from that. When you go work out, when you go to work on your arm, when you go to work on getting ground balls, call call up a teammate. Take them with you. Take them with yeah. you. Because what's going to happen, that, that's contagious. That's how you build a championship ball club. Because you calling Ashley to go long toss or to front toss or whatever it is that you want to do, what's going to happen is other players are going to see that and they're going to ask, hey, Girls, can you let me know when, when y'all are going up there? I would like to come too. Sooner or later, it'll start off as just you to two to four to six. Now, now the coach is like, hey, we got early hitting and the whole team out there. Mm, All because of one thing. person decided to bring one. And I, a lot of people ask me, you know, they reach out and they say, you know, I'm motivated, but like nobody else around me is. And I'm like, just keep doing your thing. Mm -hmm. They're going to see you crushing yeah. it and doing great things that yes. they're going to be like, how do I get a taste of this? Mm -hmm. Then you can introduce it to them. But if you try to push it even, on them, they're not, yeah, they won't. They might it. not even see it then because I heard a lot of people, you know, of course what I'm doing now, people see it on a bigger scale, but people now are coming back to me. Former high school teammates are coming back to me saying, dude, you stay consistent. And it's, and I see how it's paid off. Mm -hmm. You know, and I wish I would have done it back when, was, when I was being a knucklehead in high school. But thank you, because now seeing what you do has inspired me to be a better person. Like they might not get it now. You just like yeah. like you said, Ashley, tell them to keep keep doing what you're doing. And in due time, they're going to come to you, whether it's next week, by the end of the season or two or three years from now. They're going to come back and say, I remember when you was practicing and I wasn't. And mm. I wish I would have. But thank you, because now when I have kids, I'm going to tell them that's the way that you should be. Yeah, beautiful. Well, I have probably less than 60 seconds with you, so maybe we can grind through these last three. Yeah, let's but do it. What's one thing that you wish you could tell your younger self? Read more. Mm, good one. Read, read more, because um, you don't know everything. And, and there are books, books out there, man, uh, are everything. Um, I, I learned that late in the game. Late in the game, it was like, man, there's books out there that's just dripping with information that can take your life and game to the next level. Mm. You know, just go find you a good book. They're inexpensive. There's so much, there's so much um, less expensive than Xboxes and Playstations and TVs and 
pocketbooks and dresses and this and whatever you could be buying. Yeah. You want to get you a book. It could change your life. Yeah. That's how I feel about a good podcast too. Yeah, exactly. Find audiobooks, a podcast, invest into your mental health. Heck yeah. If you can do that, it can change everything for you. So I, I wish I could, I wish going back, I wish I would have read more. Yeah, me too. I never liked reading, but mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. What's one of, or who was your greatest role model growing up? Well, I would say two. My first, my dad, because mm-hmm. my dad was a truck driver. You know, seeing him sacrifice and driving long hours, 15 hour days of just driving in the truck. You know, sometimes I drive 30 minutes up the road. I'm like, yo, I can't see how my pops does this. You know, I'm just like, oh, I wish I could click my heels and just be there. Like, why I got to drive and sit in traffic and all this stuff. So just seeing my dad being consistent over, you know, like 25 years as a truck driver. I was like, if he can do it, I can do it. You know what I'm saying? If he can get up and do something that I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to do, but he has to do, then he's in, he instilled that hard work into me. And I would say as far as athletes go, I would say Jackie Robinson. Ooh, yes. Yeah, because of what he endured. What he endured. I mean, I look at, even when I watch 42, rest in peace to Chadwick. Whenever, yes. um, whenever I watch 42, that movie, I'm just like, I don't know if I could have done it. I mean, it takes that type, that type of a person I mean, because it was so many breaking points that I look when I watched that. I'm like, no, mm-mm. I would have definitely said something. I would have done something. I would have walked out. I would have put my hands on him. I would have done something. But to see his character and what he endured for the betterment. I mean, salute Jackie Robinson, man, for sure. Man. Yeah. That movie. Oh, I get so emotional every yes, time I watch it. Yes. But Oh, so great. All right. Final question. CJ, what legacy do you want to leave on this game? I just want, like, when it's all said and done and I'm gone from this earth, I want people to, I want people to understand their own, that they have a fighter on the inside of them. Like, I really want people to understand that they deserve what they want and more. And I don't want them to ever believe that they're not good enough or that their time has passed. You know, my legacy is going to be able to be left to show that all things are possible. You know, as long as you have the faith, the dedication, the hard work, anything is possible. You know, so that's what I want left on the game is is that I want people, my softball family, my baseball family, my athletes, my followers. I want everybody to understand that that who you are is not who you have to be. Hmm. Who you are is not who you have to be. It's a decision. And if you make that decision to change, then it's done. You gave me goosebumps. That was so rad. Oh, I loved it. Thank you so much, CJ, for being on the show. Congratulations is in order. You're going to be a dad. So (laughs) pumped about this. Uh, When I found out the news, I was so excited for you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. I I can't wait. I can't wait, man. I I, look, I I think it's, I think it's going to be a girl. And I can't wait because I'm going to be one crunk softball dad out there. I'm going to be one crunk softball dad. Get it, girl. Go. Go, girl. Go, go, go. Blue, you had to see me in the parking lot. She was safe. She was safe. <laughs> I love it. Oh, you're going to be an awesome dad. And I hope everybody listening goes and goes and follows you because you're a huge inspiration to many. And you're inspiring thousands across this country and probably beyond at this point. This is so much fun. I already want you back on. So, uh, and, I, and I'll be right here for you, honey. I, thank you once again. I, I, I did not say that loosely. I am honored 
to be on your podcast. I mean, the things that you do, Ash, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's life-changing. And I just like the fact that you don't care about numbers. You just care about helping. I mean, that right there is huge. And that's, you're shaping your legacy right here, right now. I see it. And I, and I, and I just want to encourage you to continue to push girl, because there's somebody out there that, that, that needed and needs you. And don't you ever quit because when they see you one day, they're going to let you know that. (laughs) Thanks, man. You're awesome. So there you have it. Another episode of When the Cleats Come Off is completed. And if you loved it, I would love if you shared this with your softball community. The only way this game grows is if we have people like you that are eager to learn more and are eager to also share that new knowledge with other people. So if this episode really brought somebody that you know into fruition in your brain and you know that they can learn from this conversation, I would love it if you shared it with them because the more people that can learn from this type of conversation, I think the better the game of softball gets. And who knows, maybe this will be shared with other people in other sports because I truly believe some of these conversations, they don't just hit the game of softball, they hit all sports. And if there are people that come to your brain, I would love more than anything if you shared it. If you do share it, make sure you tag me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever social platform you hang out on. I would love to see that you're sharing this. And I would love to see some of your favorite parts. If you do share it, make sure to tag me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Guys, I'm even on TikTok, Ashley V Training, and at Smashley underscore four is where you can find me. And make sure you tell me which part was your favorite. I want to know what resonated with you so that I can create more content like that for you to share with your softball community. I can't wait to share another episode with you. Same time, same place next week. See you later. Oh, 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 oh,